When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is April 5th, WrestleMania 36, night two. We do have a night one review as well, so make sure you guys check that out, but Fightful.com has all your wrestling news, MMA news, boxing news. If you just like the wrestling, head over to FightfulWrestling.com. I am joined once again by Warren Hayes and Alex Palowski. And hey, you know what? If you guys want to sit through both of the shows collectively, I'm going to put together a third Fightful podcast for this where it will just have both of these shows kind of uh, welded together, so to speak. A reminder, if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Do that if you're even not watching live. But if you donate a Super Chat, any amount, you get your question or statement read on the air. What a deal! Just like the deal that Fightful Select is. That is our premium service every week. Two reviews from Alex Palowski, Raw and SmackDown. Every week, my backstage report with 20 to 25 minutes of exclusive news. Every week, a Q&A show. Every week, we have the Weekender podcast and then all the exclusive news, including some that I dropped today about certain WWE superstars pushing to get the pile driver back in WWE. Let's go ahead and get into these super chats. Michael Morgan says you're going to have to spend at least three hours talking about the Wyatt-Cena match. If Cena changes somehow because of it, it might actually have a chance at saving the fiend. Thank you guys for the shows. We love them. Hey, we love you, and we will definitely be covering that. When you send a super chat, I will approach them as they fit into the show, but I will get all of them. I promise you. And a reminder, we are on podcast platforms everywhere. Let's go ahead and get into it. We kind of mentioned it off the air, Alex. I think, uh, as Anakin JMT pointed out, he said he thinks night ed- night one edged out night two. I think so too. What do you think? I say that uh, some of the 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 heights of 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 night two uh, might have eclipsed some of the heights of, of night one, but overall, uh, everything on night one was just at a higher level than than night two. There was just some stuff on night two that that just didn't need to be around. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Not sure what that was. 
uh, Street Profits versus some cobbled together team that it wasn't supposed to be there. It did, they didn't have the urgency like, I need to see this match. This is a WrestleMania match. Like a lot of stuff on night two didn't have that. Warren, how about you? Are, are you in the same boat there? Yep, I'll even go as far as to say that this was the night that we felt the empty arena a lot more. This was tonight, there were matches that required the audience for them to be fully appreciated. So I'm in complete agreement. Uh, there were extremely high peaks, but the valleys were very, very low. Hannah Moore sends a super chat and says, This Taker show looks like it's going to be good. I'm excited for that. I, I would be down to just hear The Undertaker in a 30-part series walk through one year at a time of his career. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. I wanted The Undertaker podcast, The Undertaker Q&A. Like, I wanted a lot of that, but uh, it looks like we're going to get something. Uh, a question that is out there. Well, actually, we can, we can fit that in at the end of the tag match about uh, the NXT ladder match. But let's go ahead and talk about Liv Morgan and Natalia, I've been talking to a lot of people backstage who like Liv Morgan, and with good reason. And they need to push her because she needs to be a new face. And we'll get to why they need new faces in the very next match, but this match is very friendly. Uh, Natalia's taken Liv to school, but Liv got a code breaker off of uh, a slingshot. I love Liv Morgan's dropkick against the ropes. It looks good. I'm glad Natalia got a singles match at WrestleMania. The only time in her career she's had a match at WrestleMania, there have been at least five other people in the ring with her. Just, she deserves a one-on-one -on -one match. She got rolled up with a body scissors for the pin. This was harmless. It got Liv a big win, or it got Liv a win on a big stage, and I'm okay with that, Warren. Uh, and it's something that, uh, this is a match that she needed, that she required uh, straight out of the gate. When they brought her back, uh, when they had her repackaged and uh, decided to throw her into the uh, the uh, the marriage angle, this is exactly the match she needed because we got to see Liv Morgan work. And guess what? She's a good worker. Uh, sure, she had Natalia to help her along. Natalia is a she's a she's a she's a solid performer. She can guide uh, she can guide a match with ease. I don't care how much people dislike Natalia, pers her personality or her uh, her character that is extremely vanilla, has been very, very uh, uh, cooled down over the years. She can guide a match. This was fine and was necessary for Liv. How about you, Alex? Well, Natalia is a consummate professional. Like, that's the thing about her is that she'll, she'll, uh, she's always going to be uh, very good in there, not not make a lot of mistakes and she's the perfect person to be working Liv Morgan, you know, through this, you know, a marquee match for Liv Morgan. My whole thing is that they brought in Liv Morgan uh, doing those Emmalina type vignettes, brought her in as the lesbian lover of Lana, then immediately dropped that completely, completely said, well, that was a giant misstep. I don't know who talked to them about it, who, who made the decision to say, we never should have done that. Let's never speak of it again. And then they had Liv, which I thought was an interesting idea. Get, get her right into a, a rivalry with Ruby Riot and or Sarah Logan. And that seems to have cooled off with, you know, the fact that there's a lot less people on Raw than there normally are. So that storyline seems to have been uh, one of the casualties of uh, coronavirus. Uh, in, in seems, WWE. It's like, why didn't they just do a triple threat match with the riots well, up there? Like, yeah. that, that could, that could have been a thing. I don't, I don't know uh, what, what the, what 
Ruby or Sarah's travel situation is at that True. point. Like, who knows if they were even available to come to Orlando at that late date. I, I wonder if that might have been the plan had all the regular arena shows like happened. Like, if there had not been this, if it had been a regular WrestleMania, they obviously probably would have had a big moment, a big spot in the Women's Battle Royal, and that would have been it. But instead, we get, hey, Liv Morgan gets a singles match and a singles match victory at WrestleMania. Who would have thought? Then the NXT Women's Championship match, and I know a lot of people feel a lot of ways about this, and I, I feel a lot of different ways about this. Uh, Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley to win the title. God, the match ruled. The match was mm-hmm. so good. Sean Murray says, Rhea and Charlotte ruled. Didn't need any blue chew for the Firefly Funhouse match. Boner City Bros. I guess he went six to midnight there. Swole Ricky said, Happy Rhea put over that young and up-and-comer Charlotte. Big things in that woman's future. So, I mean, I get the cynicism about this. But if anybody has heard Rhea Ripley on the microphone over the last few months, whether it's her fault or WWE's fault, this is not the, that was not the Rhea Ripley that got over. The Rhea Ripley we saw in the ring tonight, though, was, except when she kept going, Really, Charlotte? Really, Charlotte? Okay, we get it. Cool. But after that, that was the Rhea Ripley that got over. And that Rhea Ripley we haven't seen much since December because she's only wrestled two or three times. What we... Rhea Ripley did not get over by coming out and saying, You want to challenge, Charlotte? Well... Or saying, I'm the champion of NXT. No shit. That's... Well, well, it's it's a good thing, Sean. She just she doesn't get to say that last one anymore. She does not get to anymore. <laughs> so maybe maybe that'll help build her back up. Ooh, whatever they've decided to do with Rhea Ripley since December has been real weird, and I don't get it. And she is at the stage of her career where she needs a little guidance, probably, by the company that employs her. And it's weird. That they didn't do that. Now, Charlotte being on NXT, I can think of far worse things than having one of the biggest stars of your show on NXT. And I don't know where this will go, but the match ruled. Like, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte went back and forth. Uh, The lack of crowd really added to this match, I thought. Because when you get a limb worked over here, it's like you hear everything. You hear every grunt. You hear every cry. You, you see them lay it in. Uh, I, I love the transitions into soul food, the Boston Crab, the, the pin reversals. But then Flair applies a figure eight, and Ripley taps out. Warren, how did you feel the moment where you realized Rhea Ripley wasn't punching at the leg? She was giving a little tap, tap, tap a Um, I was like, huh. <laughs> interesting. No, seriously. This, I know. This was, it, it was my reaction. It was like, okay, this is interesting. And uh, honestly, they took the most interesting path here. They really, really did. This is the one we, we are going to sit around for the next few minutes, and we're going to talk about what they're going to do with Charlotte over on NXT. Because clearly this is the path that's going to happen. Charlotte is going to become a part of the women's division in NXT, and quite frankly, 
it's a smart move because right now on main roster, Charlotte's been about everywhere with everyone. Bailey and Sasha are in a program right now. Uh, I appreciate WWE not going back to the Becky Charlotte well just yet either. What do you do then with Charlotte? What what do you do up on Maine on Raw with Charlotte Flair? So that being said, it is very weird that they didn't take the opportunity to elevate Charlotte as the super chat uh, <laughs> coyly pointed out a little earlier. It's very strange. But that being but again, that being said, like you pointed out, Sean, this isn't the Rhea Ripley that we fell in love with at Survivor Series, at War Games. It, it ain't it. So if she goes through a bit of a re uh, a, 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 a re-education because of this because of this event, I'm fine with it. And I'm fine with Charlotte Flair being a final boss on NXT as well, because right now, Shane is gone. And they are clearly rebuilding the, the they are clearly rebuilding the, the 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 structure of the women's division by having the ladder match by uh, positioning new people into places of power I guess so you need someone strong there to be the final boss that you can achieve that you need to to overcome to become the top woman. So we have uh, several super chats about this, and like I understand making Charlotte the NXT champion. And, you know, a lot of people can say, oh my gosh, that, that young up-and-comer, Charlotte's one of the biggest stars in the company, period. And she's going to be one of the biggest stars in the company if they have their way for, like, the next decade. It's not like she's retiring in a few months. Uh, Zach Barber says something needs to be done with, about Vince's unhealthy obsession with Charlotte. First Shayna, now Rhea. He's sacrificing NXT's best to put over Charlotte. Now, here's here's where I draw upon Alex they lean very heavily into Charlotte Becky Bailey Sasha and not nearly as much into Sasha as the others for various reasons but at some point you have to make other people look like they are on the level of these people and I mean very soon now I fully expect one day a show closing Wrestlemania match to be those four women against each other in a title match and it should be that is that is one of the the few like non part time main events that I think that they have right now, but at the same time, uh, for an undercard match, it seemed so easy for Rhea to win because Charlotte isn't really hurt by this; she's bulletproof. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's frustrating because when you say like we have to make these other women besides the four horsewomen look on on their equal on their level. And for the entire match, they did. Like, Rhea looked like absolutely every bit Charlotte's equal through this match. She was aggressive. She didn't look small. Most women, when they face Charlotte, look small. Rhea doesn't look small standing next to Charlotte. That's a big plus, especially in people like Vince's book, who look at size as being like this major contributor to can you get over. Just by being big, You that's a, that's a big plus. I loved the way this match was all laid out. But... As soon as I realized that Charlotte had, hadn't laid the put the figure four on yet, hadn't bridged the figure eight, I'm like, that's how this match is ending. Mm. So I, I, about two-thirds of the way through the match, I knew what the finish was. And it sucked because I could see it coming a mile away, especially since they had uh, Charlotte kick out of the riptide like 
three minutes in. Yeah, now I actually crazy. really liked that 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 um that moment because R- Rhea didn't take it as oh my god I hit my finisher one the, the one time I'm I'm allowed to use it and you kicked out that's it. What Rhea did was mm-hmm. like I had you. You know I had you. I'm going to put it on you again, and that time you're not going to kick out. I loved her confidence. That point where she drew a line, as as Charlotte's on the outside, she drew a line on the ring. She said, come here, princess. Come back in. Cross this line. See that's, what get, that's what gets her over. Mm-hmm. I, again, she, she did all of the things she needed to do to get back that edge. Everything was perfectly, wonderfully laid out to establish her as equal and say, hey, if you're not watching NXT, you need to, because this woman who just beat Charlotte is the champion there. And they said, instead, we're going to put the the belt on Charlotte, kill surprise. And like, you know, like that, the idea of that is kind of ridiculous because, okay, great. Now we have Charlotte there. And do I think that Charlotte's there to hotshot the title back onto somebody else and then move back over to raw. No, I feel like they're putting it there for a while, which means I don't need to see Charlotte run through my beloved NXT women's division. Anytime they get a new challenger to this feeder to Charlotte for six months. I, I don't want to see well, that. The, the, I'm, unfortunate, I the unfortunate aspect of the NXT women's division is everybody has already been run through by Rhea, like that's the thing. Like when they brought up Bianca, I, I, I thought we I we haven't really gotten a great EO versus Rhea match. Fair. And I thought we were getting that, and it looks like perhaps we're going to get a Candice versus Charlotte match, which would be a great match. Well, but, we, we, there's there's plenty to talk about uh, on that. Still, Kiwi Rob says, in my opinion, I think it's a major backward step for Charlotte to go back to NXT. What do you guys think? I disagree. NXT is on the same cable network as Raw. Prime time on Wednesday night. That it's. A lot of people will look at it like the ECW thing in 06. The reason they put Kurt Angle on ECW then is because they wanted to increase the profile of that brand. And say what you want about Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair is a bigger star. And uh, J.J. Lee says, or actually, uh, we had a another super chat about uh, that match that, I, that I'll get to, but... I, I don't think that it was necessarily a terrible decision to put the title on on Charlotte, but I do like I, I do see why Rhea should have won. Like you gotta make these people seem as good as the horsewomen. I mean the the, the problem is, is it's it's also coupled with the fact that Shayna lost her match to Becky in eight minutes looking like a goober doing it. Like if you're not going to put over either Shayna or Rhea in, in your in your two night WrestleMania, you don't you you have the you have the choice to put over one of the two. I'll I'll give it. You don't have to put over both, but you got to put over one of the two. And Shayna looked like a goober, and Rhea put her heart and soul into it, and you still gave it to Charlotte, which is uh, wrong or right, fair or not. The perception among a lot of fans is that Charlotte always get pre- gets preferential treatment. So whether or not the match was great, it's always going to look like to a certain subset yeah. of fans, like Charlotte just got something handed to her again. And, and, that's, and that that's doesn't a, build a goodwill with your, some of your fans. That's a part of the heat of Charlotte, though, is that she is the golden girl uh, and, and not not B. Arthur. J.J. Lee <laughs> says, I thought Rhea winning would establish NXT is equal to Raw or SmackDown. But maybe Charlotte does that. More interesting matchups and star power. Yeah, but I mean, they, they did that with Survivor Series. They they went and made that whole thing an effort 
to do that. Uh, Anakin JMT says, was Charlotte winning a Vince or Triple H call? I don't know yet, but I'll find out. But, you know, one of my favorite parts of this, Warren, do you know what one of my favorite parts of this match was? Uh, go right ahead. Tell me. Good limb work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. loves good limb work, right? But, yes, Sean. And you like for your limbs to work. That is true, Sean. But sometimes your limbs are dealing with a little bit of extra shrubbery. Sometimes they're a little too bushy. If your limb down there is just getting out of control, well, boy, are you in luck because support for the Fightful podcast comes from the official electric razor of the UFC, Manscaped. Use that code Fightful. Remember, Manscaped, code Fightful. Have you ever had an awkward moment where you had to spar against somebody who had a full bush coming out of their singlet? Thankfully, Manscaped has everything you need to keep your package nice and tidy. That way, your limb work is crisp. Whether it's a full arena or an empty arena, Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And their top-notch ball trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0 will keep you clean without nicks and cuts. You don't want your, your gimmick to be gigging down there. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be blading. Anybody watch uh, New Jack's Dark Side of the Ring? Do you want your ball sack to look like New Jack's forehead? You don't want a mass transit incident on your nuts. And Manscaped has partnered with top-tier MMA athletes like Max Holloway, Francis Ngannou, and Brian Ortega. And these fighters know that hygiene is a priority within our sports. Oh, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer and called it the Lawnmower 3.0. Not the 1.0, not the 2.0, the 3.0. It's got an LED light on this son of a bitch. It is nuts. MMA, wrestling fanatics, listen up. Don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls or your forehead. If you're doing that, it's 2020. Stop blading, guys. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes you step up your grooming game. It's everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. They have a plethora of wonderful products. Ball deodorant. If you're using deodorant everywhere else, why not on your nuts, too? Nobody wants to deal with your funky sack. Nobody. And let's be honest. You're spending a lot of time at home. Be be good to your significant other. Speaking of smelling uh, smelling nice, you, you need to. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that are not only comfy, but anti-chafing. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. That's FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. These products smell great. It smells good. We thank them for sponsoring us. Hit them up at Manscaped on Twitter and say, you know what? My balls stunk. They stank. They were stink, stank, stunk, whatever tense fits you. But they don't anymore because Sean Ross Sapp, Mr. Warren Hayes, and Alex Pawlowski explained to me the concept of making balls not smell. Anakin JMT says, who has the better reactions, Warren or Denise? I got to go with 
it's different. It's I can't like pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child. I can't do that. Warren doesn't hide his reaction. Denise tries to, but you can just see it on her face. I mean, look, let's just be honest. Talking about New Jack and being close to anybody's testicles is just completely hilarious to me. Well, I mean, you'll be rocking with a New Jack once you you take care of it. Uh, Anakin JMT says, shout out to the Lawnmower 3.0. And Rob Wilkins, no, no better way to transla- transition into a birthday wish for Kristen Ashley. Good God, <laughs> what are we doing here? Come on. Happy birthday to Kristen, friend of Fightful. Happy birthday. Like, you could have at least waited until midnight Eastern to do that. That way there was some distance in between these two. Oh, boy. Alistair Black defeated Bobby Lashley. Warren, this was a raw hour two match. We did not need to see this. But I'm happy we did just because Lashley's wearing tights now and he looks great in them. Yeah, uh, and and, uh, yeah, but also yeah, uh, and (laughs) yes. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing more to add. And and honestly, if you've seen Alistair Black's squash matches recently where the guy always ends up like running into into a black mask, well, you've seen it. It's It's basically been his setup. Uh, good for Alistair getting a big WrestleMania singles win. Uh, there you go. Yeah, um, th- this this match is notable only for the fact that Alistair apparently, like back in December, went to somebody and said, can you build me the horniest vest <laughs> possible? And those things were like up, they started his shoulders and they went up to like the top of his head. When he's sitting there in the ring post, like it's like they're like up here touching his touching right? his, touch his head, and he had that thing built, and it came to him and like 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 he he ordered it, and they finally made it, and it showed up like last week, and he was like, I gotta wear this shit in the in like he an empty arena. He didn't order it. He called up Damien Demento and yeah, he said, Hey, do you have anything? Do you have anything hanging around your closet yeah. that you could just send my way? <laughs> this match was Bobby Lashley working over Aleister Black until an acai moonsault. That's like, it felt like the only thing that Black got in. And then he counters a spear with Black Mass and wins. Lana because, yells because, a little bit. Because La- he was going to do the Dominator and to finish off Aleister. Yeah. And then Lana says, no, spear him. <laughs> Great I don't know manager. why he had to do it that way. It's an empty arena, Lana. You can just say it in like a yeah. normal throated voice and he'll hear you. And so, and so, and Lashley's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Thanks. Thanks, sweetheart. She so it's funny you me. mentioned that because that, that segues into our next segment, Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler. But when they call back to Friday, Sonya telling Mandy, in a completely normal, like, hey, listen, I would never do this to you. That hit harder to me because she wasn't yeah. like, I would never do this to you! I would mm-hmm. never! <laughs> so, night two, guys, I thought had a, a, a lot more matches that needed a crowd than night mm-hmm. one. And this was one of them. Rob Wilkins says, very emotional about Otis. Gives big guys like me the courage I need. Otis Knight was my John Cena. I'll never give up, Otis. <laughs> and, man, it is uh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking that this didn't have a crowd. And the irony is is that so much of this angle played out backstage, not around a crowd, but the culmination needed to be there. They had Ziggler resort to shouting the same insults that Mandy did last year. You will never be me! 
you will never look like me. And I'm like, all right, cool. Otis looks like he's never going to be at a poison concert. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I just love the idea of, of Dolph believing that everyone wants to look like him. Like, if Otis wanted to look like, like Dolph, he probably would eat differently and shave his face. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Like, it's a, weird, it's a weird thing to yell at somebody when you're a grown man. It really, really is. Um, <laughs> this match was, it was fine. Ziggler connected with a big drop kick and was in control until a catapult, but Otis started to mow down Ziggler, hit a pop-up World Strongest Slam, and Sonya caused the distraction, which, I don't know, is a little more offensive with no crowd, and I don't know why, but it is. And Ziggler kicks Otis in the balls. Mandy comes out and attacks Sonya. And low blows Ziggler, which Warren would have gotten a big pop in front of 70,000. And that sucks. And this is the match. This is the match that needed it. This was that because it wasn't about the work rate here, uh, Japanese wrestling fans. It wasn't Mm -hmm. about it wasn't about that at all. This was about the story. This was about the payoff and everything had to happen within the could you imagine like the entire match people would have been shouting otis's name the entire time the crazy pop when mandy would have come out slapped sonya to begin with and then i are you kidding me this is the match that needed the audience needed that reaction it would have been a wrestlemania moment to have seventy thousand people watching otis up on their feet screaming while he's making out with Mandy, (laughs) holding her in his arms. But really, you know, it's like, it would have been fantastic to be playing that for WrestleMania packages for years and years and years. And, but I mean, it's the, in the, in, in this bubble of this story here, this is what had to happen. It's the perfect outcome. My favorite part of this match was when uh, Dolph Ziggler uh, low blowed uh, Otis from behind. It made a sound, Sean Alex. It, it made a sound, and when they hit the replay, I made it my job to double check to make sure that because I was like, okay, uh, Dolph slapped his knee when he did it. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. That slap was all Otis' ass. It was fantastic, and. And I said it last night, and I'm going to hammer it home tonight. Now, moving forward, what they have to do with this angle is get Sonya over as queen bitch. She has to become the most evil woman in the entire women's roster. They have the story. They have the setup. Now she has to be evil. That's how they're going to make this really, really be an ultimate payoff, getting someone else over. Warren, at the same time, you and I both tweeted tonight, this was the people's main event. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit heartbreaking because I didn't even realize it at the moment. It's like, well, it needed the people real bad. This needed the people. Like, I, I saw all these things and I'm just like, damn, this is one of them I kind of wish they would have punted on for a little while until they had people. I know. And just to and just to hammer that home, I put out a stupid tweet saying like, you know, this is the greatest love story of all time. Dude, it's blowing up like I have hundreds of likes on it and and, and retweets. And it's a stupid tweet. But people really got behind this angle and it needed the people to 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 finish it off. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Alex, how'd you feel about this one? Well, I've I've never been high on this angle. Like, I've, if you watch Sour Graps, I'm like, it's fine. I just don't understand what the what what the thing about it is that everybody loves so much. Like, I, it's okay. I again, it's one of those things where like Mandy was like awful to everyone, and all of a sudden, because Otis is sweet on her, now we like her. But she didn't change. Nothing about her change. She didn't. There was no life event that precipitated her being nice. Now she would just like if we talk about. She used to insult Nikki Cross and say she looked like a turkey. Are you sour shaming her, Alex? You of all people are sour shaming Mandy Rose. Check out Sour Graps on Fightful Select twice a week, reviewing Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um. The the other thing is they 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 are we're always going to split up the old absolution fire and desire and have one of them be heel one of them be face it's so perfectly vince that it's the gorgeous blonde who had been a terrible bully to everybody who's now baby face and the raven-haired lesbian is evil like that's oh, okay great what, can I mean, gay okay. people not be evil what the hell no no no, no but it's if that's the only representation you have on your roster then it then it becomes there's no other thing for for anyone to identify with who 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 is that themselves and that when from talking to people who are in that group they they don't love it when the only person on the show that they watch is the evil gay person it doesn't make them feel good so i'm just saying there's options and well, they well, pick one well that's not fair they also have Jake Atlas who is apparently a jobber so and, 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 I, and I love you, Alex. You know I do. Yeah. And I don't say this very often. But you know what? In regards to this angle, I was right. And you, Sean can attest right. to this. Yeah. Sean right. can attest to this. When we started talking about this angle, I went on record. And I said, this is going to get Otis over. And Sean sat in his chair and went, eh. But did. hey. Hey. I thought it was I thought it was Phineas Godwin and Sonny. And it's much I, better. And yeah. thank God. Because, I mean, Sonny was more over than anybody in this. But. I mean, Otis, it got Otis over big time. Walter sends a super chat to say, Sonia de Evil. Get it? De Evil. Uh-huh. Sam Batty says, listen to your podcast every week. Never caught one live. It's 4 a.m. in England. Keep up the good work. Hey, we appreciate you so much. Uh, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. All that stuff helps people like that that aren't watching us live see us more. Commenting uh, after the fact also helps us. Uh, all that stuff goes a long way, so thank you, those of you in other countries who uh, have tuned in. Kristen Ashley sends a test super chat for Throwback. If Throwback wants me to ask a question, tell him to just uh, send me one, and I'll ask if that guy has sent us so many super chats that it's ridiculous. And Zachary Schimmel says, sends a monster super chat. Big thank you to him. He says, because it's fightful, I discovered you all on WrestleMania. Uh, you all can actually see some of Zach's. Retro Reviews with me on Fightful Select, and he asks, would Alex ever do a retro review? Hmm. We've had some people asking if you'd do retro reviews or Q&As, so maybe we'll yeah, do I'm, that. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Apparently, i got to watch this Big Show show and do something about <laughs> that. <laughs> so, so We're, we're going to do something crazy. So, so for those nuts, of you, man. For it's those of you who aren't, aren't hip to it, I'm trying to think of content for you guys every weekend. That way, there's something, there's a feature. And I was like, well, I want to do a free preview show for Sour Graps. Let's have Alex review the Big Show sitcom because the trailer looks horrible. Oh, awful. Zach Schimmel says, I've done a retro review with Sean and Warren. 
I support Sean or support Sean Warren and Alex and everyone except for that cheater Melissa. I'm going to grow my hair out over this quarantine and challenge Melissa for the Fightful Championship. Definitely not segments that we had in the can six months ago or anything. They're definitely going to be new. <laughs> Stay tuned. The Day of Reckoning is coming. <sighs> Rob Gronkowski defeated Mojo Rawley to win the 24-7 title. I'm okay with this. Gronk is ridiculous, but a bunch of dorks chase Mojo Raleigh out to the ring, and I call them a bunch of dorks because I don't know who they are. Not because I don't know the names of people on the roster, Alex, but because the camera shook so much, I could not identify any of them except for the, the model-looking fellow with the oversized pecs and the braided hair, and I don't know his name. <laughs> I... I just love like all. I guess all these people live at the PC. Yes, these are all these PC kids, and they just live there in the locker room, and uh, and so it's okay. They don't, they didn't actually have to fly in or anything. They just they just hang out. <laughs> They're just living living there in the, in the cafeteria. Man, uh, <laughs> so Gronk has had said earlier he wanted to win the title, so he jumps off the NXT platform and onto all the dorks and wins the title. Hits the bricks. Warren, did you feel any certain kind of way about this? Uh, I uh, I fully endorse the uh, new twenty four seven champion Ron Gronstowski. <laughs> uh, hope his hope his reign is long and fruitful and uh, bountiful as well. I think Anna used to call him Gronkowski or something. Mm, yeah, back in the day because we've been talking Gronk for quite a while. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> she was so confused when he single handedly won the battle royal that one yes. WrestleMania. She was like. Who am I supposed to know who this is? It was great. I think that's when we nicknamed her Sport Lord Anna Bowers. Yes. Sport, <laughs> Sport Lord. Lord. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we miss Anna. I'm supposed to do some shows with Anna soon, so I'll do a little trade. I'll be like, hey, Anna, I'll do one of your shows if you do one of mine. So uh, you'll probably see Anna back on Fightful very soon. I said off the air that WWE issued a stay-at-home order for this Edge-Randy Orton match and single-handedly <laughs> defeated COVID-19. This match was so goddamn long that everyone stayed home and the virus was just eradicated. It was a quarantine match. <laughs> it, yeah. was. Like, it was. This thing took so long. I had ah. tweeted during a part of this, the highlights of this are going to be really good. Mm. And here's the thing. 20 minutes in, I was like, this isn't a good match. 30 minutes in, I was like, this would be a good match if it were shorter. And then 35 minutes in, I thought, man, this would have been a great match if they crammed the best parts into 15 minutes, Warren. They didn't do that. Yeah, I uh, this is my assessment as well and I'll even go uh, one further. I don't even know if uh well, I mean probably this a setup with an audience would have been very very differently, right? It would have been very very different. I don't know how much of an audience could have saved this match really if they if they had laid it out in the same way, but then again, probably not. So it's a moot point. Uh I'm I'm Immediately contradicting myself. Thank you for coming, everyone. But uh, but otherwise, yeah, it was really really long, and I I loved the finish. I thought the finish was magnificent and just played into their story really well. But 
Um, at at some point, I was like, okay, are they going to go down the route where, oh, uh, Champa and Gargano a couple of weeks ago busted up the performance center. Anakin J. Uh, it's our just turn sent a now. super chat. Sorry to interrupt, but he just sent a super chat that said Gargano and Champa did more with less at the PC. How do you feel about that? I, I I agree. It was much more dramatic. There was there was stuff being broken and there was glass shattering. Uh, yeah, I completely completely agree. But again, right up until we got to like that, I wouldn't even say the final third. I'd say like the final twenty uh, percent of the match where it where it really started to coalesce and the drama started to pick up. But otherwise, it took a hell of a long time to get to that point, and. You know, may like I said, you know, if it had, if the audience had been there, they probably would have put it together differently. But this was like this was like, hey, let's have a guided tour of the PC. Chris Polhill said, "Do you think Edge and Randy Orton is a match of the year candidate?" I don't know if that's sarcastic, but not by a mile. It probably wasn't even a match of the hour candidate. I would have <laughs> like, because it was the only match. That yeah, it was. So it was the only one. It's like how I'm going to tell everybody that I matched the attendance for WrestleMania 36. <laughs> I was I was time person of the year in 2008. You know. All, all that good stuff. So here's some of the highlights. Randy Orton out of nowhere with an RKO, posing as a cameraman. Hits another RKO, cracks Edge with a camera. They went into the the, the weight room. I could have done without the entire weight room. And they, they like, like four minutes into the match, they did the unintentional Benoit homage hanging somebody from the, oh. the exercise equipment. I was like... Nobody after you shot that said, "Hey, can we cut that?" That's probably not because they just did the thing on on Vice, on Vice, on the behind yeah. on the outside of the ring. Could we like people are gonna obviously notice the parallels? I know you guys didn't mean it that way, but we're just not gonna show it. And they're like, "No, no, no. put it up there. It'll be great." Uh, and then <laughs> then Edge does the thing with with uh, um, uh, uh, Randy in the uh, in the chair, and he like flings his crotch. The at seated him. senton. <laughs> it was like, bad. I, I believe that's called the flying crotch body. Yeah, uh, we call that the dickhole driver where I'm from. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Orton tries to hit Edge with a ham sled, and Edge gets sent off the barricade or uh, into the barricade off the stage. There weren't a lot of bumps being taken, and I'm okay with that because you know Edge. The funny thing is, I watched Edge's 24 today, and he's like, "I'm not going to be going off ladders through tables." He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He's and a liar. It, I assume that it ruled, but I couldn't tell because the camera shake. Yeah. And somebody said, oh, well, it would have made the pad too obvious if that were the case. Okay, they taped this. Yeah. Make it Different not angles. obvious then. Yeah. Or don't do it. Yeah. Ah. Commentary <laughs> was maybe the killer of this. Oh, my God. I think I it was. I, I bust it. Ian Riccoboni's balls, and he doesn't do it as much anymore, on ROH shows, and I think he's an awesome commentator. But when I hear people calling big matches and they're like, oh, an edge, how's he going to get up from this? And I'm like, do you give a shit? Because it doesn't sound <laughs> like it. It felt like, it, like at least we know how Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon would call the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, oh, what's he what's going to do here, Byron? Uh, I think he's going to That's three too woods. exciting. What you yeah. just did was too exciting and fast-paced. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, you know what moment that it dawned on me that Tom was snoozing through this, that he had obviously had a little too much NyQuil, is when uh, when we got, what, when we got that first big spot, the flying elbow off the platform by Edge, 
and he completely undersold it. Anyone else, Michael Cole, Morrow, hell, I'll even yeah. go as far as to say Vic Joseph would be screaming. was like, my God, my God. There was barely anything, barely anything. And I really do believe it was a detriment to the match. It was ridiculous. I think they could have went completely without the weight room. They could have. I like the hallway spot because they ran into the cameraman. That was fun. That was cool. They could have um, cut all the fighting next to the truck significantly. It should have just the, been all this. They should have went straight from the ring to the back. They do yeah. the spot, uh, like or they go through the boardroom really quickly. They go through the hall really quickly. Table spot, DDT on the truck. Then you do go to the finish. Yeah. Everything else, this took way, this should have been 15 minutes. Before I started working for Fightful, before I decided to not work in offices anymore, mm-hmm. I spent uh, some time in conference rooms. Never seen chain link fence on the ceiling. Never seen it. I don't know if it's a thing that they do with the PC, just like always there, but it was very handy for, for Edge to do this weird spot where he dropped an elbow from seven inches above Randy. That was awesome. <laughs> You put when you go into the conference room, it's like you're going into hell in a cell, man. There's no way you're getting out of this meeting. But that being said, I I like the production of this. I liked how the camera people had to always, well, not always, but had to catch up sometimes sure, to the event when sure. they were moving from environment to environment. There was like a, a you know a bit of a oh, we got to catch up. I like that. It was a nice subtle little touch that felt a little more spontaneous. I won't read Andy Quigley's comment, but it was so funny that I had to at least reference it. It's worth looking at in the live chat. Uh, Christian Burden said WWE had 100 ladders and approximately zero Jeff Hardy. And eh, Jeff Hardy didn't fit into this WrestleMania. He didn't fit in at all. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Um, Anakin says, Rusev made it onto WrestleMania after all on the Clash of Champions 2017 poster in the hallway. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, I like the draping DDT. I like the spear and the RKO on top of the truck. The top hmm? of the truck, I dug. Mm-hmm. That was all good. But this should have been highlights all along the way. This should have been. Yeah. I love the finish. The finish with Edge saying, don't you effing count? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, 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 no. He's not done yet. And having to fight through tears to put down his best friend, who we will see tomorrow night on Raw. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> it's, it's too much. Like, the idea, I love the idea of, like, I have to murder this guy to, to end this. But, and then, like, <laughs> The ref sliding in immediately, looking at the giant, like, concave skull and be like, you okay? You okay? Okay, one, <laughs> two, three. It was just, like, it was over. At that point, it was over. I want to say, bless WWE for at least over, like, maybe the last nine, ten months, trusting some of the best wrestlers in the world to do things that they, forever they'd be like, oh, no, you can't do a pile driver or a concerto ever, even though... I don't know you invented a concerto. I'm glad that they're finally doing that. Uh, Big thank you to uh, Nicolay Gimp for the super chat. If you have a question, send it. Same with Tim Traver. Thank you very much. 
This went way too long. Way too long. Like I said, 15, 17 minutes in the ring, towards the side, hallway, boardroom. Then you go right to the big spots in the finish. That's all we needed. I want a I want a fan cut of this match. Mm-hmm. Like I want somebody to put together like a, a really condensed version of this where it looks like that's how it was intended. And I bet I would like this match. Uh, we get a super chat saying with Edge winning tonight, other than Seth, who would be perfect for Edge to face at SummerSlam? Daniel Bryan, maybe. Uh, the entire WWE landscape just changed with Braun and Drew at the helm. An amazing two nights. The thing is, I think it's Seth. I think it has to be Seth because Edge, the character, is not going to forget that this man held his foot, held his neck down with a foot. But if we had to say somebody besides Seth, Alex, who do you think? Uh, well, he's Edge has said in an interview he wants AJ Styles. Like that—that's a match that needs to happen. Like that's a match he never thought he could have had when he retired, but he'd always been a huge fan of AJ. And like, hey, why not? I mean, they, they have they had that little moment in the Royal Rumble that that, you know, injured AJ for a little bit. So you could you could pump that into something. I don't know. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think Seth makes the most sense storyline wise. We might not have to wait for SummerSlam. They're already promoting money in the bank happening in a, in a month. Like, so, yeah. OK. So a uh, little scoop ski that Fightful reported last year. He wants to face Alistair Black and said that at a Q and A was a part at uh, a part of hilarious aspect of that Q and A though. This is in yeah. like April May of last year, and at the Q and A, some guy in the crowd goes, "Oh, would you guys ever think about going to AEW?" And everybody in the crowd's like, "What a moron! They can't wrestle. They why would why would Andrew Christian go to go to AEW?" And then he revealed today, "Oh yeah, I had talks with AEW." Mm-hmm. Uh, like six months later. So that, that was fun. I actually posted the Q&A video and audio up on youtube.com slash Fightful. So if you guys ever want to check that out, go ahead and do that. Now, going long isn't necessarily bad. Finishing strong isn't necessarily bad. <sighs> Swinging through the air with your crotch flying at somebody's face isn't necessarily bad. But let's talk about the next match. Raw Tag Team Championship Street Profits successfully defend against Austin Theory and Angel Garza to retain the titles. Now, as this match happened, I was like, did we need this match? Because I don't think we really did until the end. Uh, To carry or cover a couple of super chats, Anakin says... Warren, will we ever get Sasha Bailey? The, the correct answer is SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> They're saving it for SummerSlam every year. Yeah, every year it's safe for SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm more hopeful tonight than I've been in a long time. But my, listen, I don't know anymore. And uh, uh, you know, sometimes you read stuff about WWE, and there, you know, Bruce Pritchard recently saying that, you know, back in the 90s, they would purposefully do the opposite of what the fans wanted, you know. 95 uh, was a great year, right? 95 was a fantastic year. So, yeah, sometimes I, it, I try not to let the cynicism overtake me. I always try to go in with fresh eyes and being hopeful. But sometimes I do feel there is a contempt. Uh, and 
there is so, so, something so fantastic in Sasha and Bailey that should have the trigger should have been pulled eighteen months ago, and we're still waiting. But hey, I, I I'm I'm still hoping for it. Yep. King Juni says, "What happens first, Sasha versus Bailey or Habib versus Tony?" Oh God, Sasha Bailey, Sasha Bailey, poor poor Tony Ferguson. But uh, this was a short match. Austin Theory, Theory hit a TKO. Ford landed a frog splash and won. Angelo was a little slow in this match, but Austin and Angel beat down the Street Profits. Zelina gets her kick in, and Bianca Belair shows up. And this, I mean, if this happened in front of 70,000 people like it should have, and it breaks my heart for her that it didn't, this would make me think, okay. She's on Raw tomorrow night. And that's the the assumption I'm going to operate on here, yeah. Alex. Yeah. And that's good because I like the idea of Montez Ford and Bianca being close to each other. You want to talk about a superstar act yes. in the yes. waiting. In just yes. two people yep. and you know either one of them can go and they oh know God. they can go. Yep. And they're going to hype each other up. Yep. Damn. Yeah, I don't can't I don't wait know. to see how they fuck it up in WWE. <laughs> no, it's gonna be so bad. It's gonna it really is gonna be terrible. But we can we can dream. Uh, something that I, I could dream about is like, are we thinking Austin Theory's like getting the call up, or is this like a, just a, a one timey deal? I hope it's only one timey deal because of the fact that they were like, hey, we're gonna start this long feud where you're gonna overcome Tyler Breeze over the course of two months. Whoopsie Daisy, you're on Raw now. Like, I feel, I hope that's not the case because it would be just what they would normally do. But if this was Andrade, uh, Andrade, Garza, uh, and Zelina, that the, that trio versus the trio of, of Dawkins and Ford and Bianca Belair, where you know Bianca's just going to murder Zelina every time she gets her hands on her, taking off her earrings one at a time, murder her, put her earrings back on. Like, I'm so here for all of this. Uh, and yes, this is this is great. Bianca deserves to 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 be in a, in a spot where she can be a shining superstar because that's what she is. The thing I don't like is all these people come up from NXT right after they like lost their way out. Bianca yeah. spent the last year and a half or so not winning the NXT title. Yeah, and really she should be like, oh hey, that's the successor to Becky Lynch, not necessarily successor. That's the person, Becky. Yeah. That that should be Becky's Ollie, uh, Ollie Frazier type of thing. Yeah. That, that's what that should be. Now, with her appearing there, that leads you to think, oh, she probably ain't winning that ladder match, Warren. Anakin asks, who's the favorite to win the ladder match? And remember, to face Charlotte, because that's the thing. Bianca could be going to Raw, but I could see them being like, ah, you know what? Bianca and Charlotte, that's a big one. But can, but I could also see Vince saying, ah, that's a WrestleMania match, pal. So there's there's a lot of things going right there. There's a lot of things happening, but, um, you know, the, 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 the ladder match has fantastic women in there. I, I have trouble seeing anyone else but Io Shirai coming out of, uh, of that ladder match. Um, Alex is going, no, no, no. But they're just, they're just not they're not they're they're booking Charlotte pure heel right now. Like Io Shirai is, has so much edge to her. I just feel like Candice LeRae is the perfect foil to Charlotte 
because she's so bubbly and so p- positive, and Charlotte would be like, what are you even here for? You're not worth my time. Io Shirai is like just her yelling at Charlotte in Japanese. I would love to see that, but I just don't feel like they normally book that way. I hope you're right, Warren. I want to see that match. I feel like they're definitely doing Candice, which I wouldn't mind seeing either. Look, I, I, we stand for Candice in uh, Warren Hayes HQ, right? So I have no issues with her going over, but I like I, I really feel... The more interesting, the more interesting match, the more interesting feud is a little bit, a little bit of clash of styles. And if you're going to run heel versus heel, or you know, Charlotte can do the tweener thing. I'm not ready to call her a full on heel. I never was really. Uh, she can, and if there's a place that you can run the tweener feud, it's NXT. Full sale will gobble sure. this up. Sure. As people reminded me, Bianca is not in the ladder match. I'm so used to her being in every. Yeah. Top contender match and title situation slipped my mind. My apologies. Titus O'Neil then takes over hosting for Gronk, but then we get the SmackDown Women's Championship match, and I thought it was a really good match. Bailey defeated Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina to retain the title. Xanthiou says, Was this the biggest pop Tamina's ever gotten? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, you're mean. You're mean. Well, they uh, all it's funny because it's true. They all pin her. Uh, there was a neat merry-go-round spot with everyone <laughs> but Tamina, or else I get the feeling that would have been a few takes. Uh, I love Bailey outside the ring responding to Michael Cole. That was they, about my, my favorite moment of either night, honestly. Yeah. Like, so good. Bailey like, is a verbally oh! hilarious heel. Yes. Just the idea that that Michael Cole says, "Oh, the boss and Bailey almost got pinned at the same time," which obviously did, they didn't. And in my mind, I said, "No, they didn't." And Bailey, a split second later, says, "No, we didn't." <laughs> because she's right there and can hear Michael Cole obviously talking to her. That's so great. So uh, great. Bailey and Sasha, or everybody beat Tamina. Bailey and Sasha double team Naomi. Sasha submitted her. Uh, Lacey kicked out of, like, everything tonight. It was, Mm -hmm. like, a little bit too much, even. Especially the two-person pins. Anybody that watches my show know I'm... I don't like... I don't like people not kicking out of shit that they easily should be able to. And I also don't like people kicking out of stuff where they really shouldn't have any chance to. But Bailey accidentally knees Sasha in the head. And Sasha and Bailey argued a little bit, but Bailey saved her. But Lacey still knocked Sasha out with a women's right. And Lacey and Bailey had like a really good match of their own. Lacey has gotten way better. And let me tell you, when it comes to laying shit in, Lacey's all right with that by the looks <laughs> of it. She had some nasty kicks, those uh, those Tom Phillips specials in the corner that that hit. Like those those were those looked really good. Bailey with some crisp knees. I love the spot where Lacey got tied up in the tag ropes. That's honestly a spot that I expected to see out of the revival a long time ago. But then Sasha pops up, hits a backstabber on Lacey, and Bailey wins with the Rose Plant. I really like this match, Warren. Like, to that point of the night, outside of Rhea and Charlotte, that was probably my favorite match. I agree. I absolutely concur. This was really good. It got time to grow, though, Sean, and this is something that we have to underscore. It was given time because they could have easily said, y- you got seven minutes. 
Yeah. And then it, and then it just would have been a, a cluster to get to the finish. Um, I I loved it. I thought it was I thought it ruled. Every everyone worked their their parts perfectly. I thought Naomi had another great uh, offensive uh, showing again tonight. Uh, did a couple of really cool reversals. Uh, I, um, I I was very impressed with uh, Bailey's knees tonight. Uh, the, her strikes were really really good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, color me color me surprised to have seen uh, to have seen Lacey Evans and Bailey have a good moment together in this match. Um, of course, you know, I, I'm. We talked. We talked. We touched on it a little bit. I'm a little irked that they're not leaning harder into the Sasha Bailey stuff, but, but you know, the the seeds are there because Bailey at some point. Well, when, uh, when Lacey does woman right, uh, uh, Sasha down, Bailey is clearly conscious and she's yes. leaning up against the bottom rope and she's looking at the pin and she chooses not to go save her friend. So again, they're just. They're just planting seeds, and eventually this is all going to explode. And sh- maybe, maybe, I feel, and we're going to talk about it in a while, maybe we're going to get to a point where WWE is going to start rewarding longtime viewers. And this would be the feud to do it, because there, is, there are so many uh, 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 side glances and off-the-cuff comments to each other, being semi-passive-aggressive with each other throughout the past 18 months that there's something really, really substantial that you could build here. And I will finish this by saying all the women's matches this weekend ruled. All yeah. four of them. They were all good. Were Outside of uh, the finish of the uh, Becky Shayna match, the match was good. The uh, tag team titles was really good. This was really good. Sasha Rhea was really good. The women brought it the entire, entire weekend. Alex, any thoughts on this match? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I there's I did, I certainly I've never made it any kind of secret. I don't love the Lacey character at all. I think that it's been wildly inconsistent and at best and offensive at worst. Um, but like, you can't keep pushing her as this, you know, this, you know, amazing super baby face who can't be beat. And then she she then have her get beat all the time, like it's it's a it's a weird thing that they do. Where like we'll just have her, um, we'll say she's amazing, and then we'll have her lose the big matches, which will engender sympathy, so they'll like her even more. And then when she finally does win, it won't have been too late, and they'll be so ecstatic, ecstatic for it. And I feel like you can't just keep pushing her and pushing her and, and getting positions where she where you you're telling us she's hot, she's ready to win. And then you choose to have her lose, and eventually it's not going to work anymore. I mean, for those the the, the fans who do love her, um, but I am certainly here for as much Sasha and Bailey uh, stuff as you can give us. If you want to like hot shot that in, in, and have them do their one on one match at Money in the Bank on May tenth that they say they are doing, then do it then because I don't trust you to do it at SummerSlam or at next WrestleMania or whenever. Do it whenever you can. Get it done. This match should have happened at WrestleMania two years ago. Yes, yes, it should have. Yes, it should have. So, Alex, you talked about being hot for the finish, things not working anymore. Warren, you said everybody worked their parts really well. There was time to grow. 
There wasn't a cluster to the finish. And you know what? Sometimes you do have time to grow, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you got to get it done quick. And sometimes your parts just aren't working like they used to. Sometimes they are. Sometimes you're really hot for that finish. You don't want it to be a cluster. And I agree that on all your points there. So we're going to talk about the uh, Fiend-John Cena match, the Firefly Funhouse match. But Rontaro says, Sasha should be a heel, Bailey should be a face. Eh, we'll see. I, I want to see how this unfolds. Andrew Stark says, will there be an NXT women's or men's Money in the Bank match? There wasn't one planned as of, like, when, when crowds were still around. I don't know how that will change. Teron Riddick says, early picks for Money in the Bank when and if it happens. Mine are Seth for the men, Sasha for the women. Sasha can cash in on Bailey. Seth can go after Drew. I like both of those ideas, Warren. Um, yes, I am definitely behind. I'm definitely behind uh, uh, Sasha getting a, a Money in the Bank. Seth, though, Seth, I don't know. I I, I feel it's still we're 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 still giving getting some breathing room from his uh, from his title reign. Uh, look, if Samoa Joe is healthy. I could go for that. Joe's a guy that you can flip uh, uh, heel babyface. Well, clearly babyface yes. works really well. Uh, if Drew is still your champion, you can uh, flip him heel, and that wouldn't be an issue either. Although, then again, there's another title shot that Joe would probably not uh, earn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably go. Or uh, former WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Uh, honestly, I don't hate that idea. I don't. I I He's got history with Drew McIntyre. He's been gone for a year, and they beat him and jobbed him so hard. I don't want to see those matches. I really don't, unless it's Claymore Penn. But, I mean, you can get some some programming out of that. Both guys face Heath Slater on an episode of Raw. Drew's a little bit nicer to him than than Jinder is. You could work that pretty easy. We've got a bunch of super chats for the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin says, Firefly Funhouse was a masterpiece. That was for wrestling fans with all the callbacks in history, standing ovation. I love that they rewarded longtime viewers. Nicolay Gimp says, hi from Greece. The Wyatt stuff was amazing. If you're high, seen it at AEW confirmed. I don't know what the last part meant, but I agree. Uh, if you smoked one, probably even better. Anakin JMT said, did the Firefly Funhouse top the Boneyard match? I enjoyed the Boneyard match in a much different way. Mm-hmm. than this, Alex. And you covered a lot of Lucha Underground, so that's why I threw to you first. Yeah. No, Boneyard match was a lot of fun. Uh, what I loved about it is that it did not take itself seriously. Yes. It, it was it was AJ Styles fighting Biker Taker in a graveyard with a bunch of druids who came out of a backlit barn for some <laughs> reason. There was nut shots. And sh- uh, there was one point where Taker like teleported out of a grave to behind... AJ Styles, AJ Styles died with his hand and frozen up above the dirt. Like that was, that was great. And it was an entirely different thing than what uh, Firefly Funhouse was. Somebody I was talking to on Twitter says it wasn't really a match. And yeah, you know what? That guy's right. It wasn't really a match. What it was, was some of the most creative storytelling. And like, like they, they had John Cena recognize his own crippling hubris while beating up a stuffed pig like like anything that does that transcends 
any other kind of match, whether it be in a boneyard or not, to me. Yeah. A reminder, donate a Super Chat any amount. If you're watching live, we'll read your question or statement on the air. You can also subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's our premium service. I do a Q&A there every week. Maybe we can get Alex or Warren to do one in the future, too. Uh, vary it up a little bit, but you can ask as many questions as you want. Lots of cool stuff at FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way to support us, and you're going to get a lot of exclusive news. Like I said, I did that story today about several wrestlers pushing for the return of the pile driver to WWE. King Juni said, My kids know who John Cena is and wanted to watch this one match. They were so confused and scared. I love it. Thanks all at Fightful and stay safe. Thank you. That's the thing. You had a lot of people that, quite frankly, know John Cena as actor John Cena, and they got actor John Cena, but they also got a history lesson about what John Cena was before. Uh, J.J. Lee says, Loved Mania. Bray sold me, man. WWE should go cinematic with everything, sell tickets to the arena, and seat them theater style. I'm in. I don't think they could do that. Uh, I do think they could do this every <laughs> once in a while. I was saying off the air to Warren and Alex, like when people were like, oh, they couldn't do this all the time with a live crowd. They couldn't They couldn't do this very often. And I'm like, they stopped giving a shit about the live crowd a long time ago. They actively troll the live crowd when they come to somebody's hometown. Very often. But the Firefly Funhouse was wild, guys. This was another cinematic match. Um, Cena sees a Vince McMahon puppet in the Funhouse that's recounting the Ruthless Aggression promo. And Bray Wyatt plays off of that. He is Kurt Angle. And Warren Cena is out in his 2002 gear. And I'm like, bro, why aren't you wearing that gear all the time? He looked like a million bucks. Doesn't he? And not only was he out there in the gear, Sean, the fist was there. They pulled Mm -hmm. out the SmackDown fist. And I think I marked out more for the SmackDown fist than than, than, uh, Cena's gear. What a wild way to start. And honestly, the thing is, is that as wild as I thought this was, to see them reenacting this and Bray Wyatt doing the Kurt Angle's parts and then going off into his own promo where he's like, this is your, you know, this is where you failed. This was the beginning of your failure, John, so on and so forth. It got wilder. It just got deeper and the references were were crisper and more, in fact, magnificent. You know how they say, or, or I don't know if they say, but, you know, hell is a place where you relive all your failures yeah. John Cena was in hell this yeah. entire situation. And I mean, if you're living your own personal hell and you're reliving all your failures and you feel like you haven't been effective in the last few years, you feel like you're getting every opportunity and you're just blowing it. Well, then you might be Bray Wyatt, or at least that's what John Cena says. This is after the Saturday night main event themed thing where Cena vigorously lifts weights. Instead, we get a John Thugonomics, John Cena, and Alex, I gotta say, the line, you're a slut for opportunity. You're blowing every chance. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, the, the, but here's the thing that I loved about Speaking it. Speaking to the mic. I, here's, the thing, here's the thing that I loved about it. <laughs> um, uh, was, was Bray Wyatt's response to that. Just sitting there, taking in all the insults and yes. saying, but... John, like all, what you do is like this is not, you're not a good person. 
Yes. Like these insults that you, you find somebody's weak points and you jab at them. Like, why would you like, I think you should think more about like how you treat people. This is not a, a good what you do. And, uh, and it was like, it cut him to the quick. And I was like, this is John Cena, like recognizing all of the terrible stuff that he's done as John Cena, as the guy that he says Bray Wyatt is the most overprivileged, overhyped, like guy who got all the opportunities we never deserved them. Guy, him, he's realizing the guy he's been talking about is him is himself. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. It's good storytelling, uh, and so, like beyond good storytelling. And Alex, well, really, all three of us have been covering Raw and SmackDown long enough to know that really up until the turn of this year, WWE actively punished you for paying attention yes. to the show. Especially if you paid attention long term. They've gotten a lot better at that in 2020. It's going to be almost impossible to completely shore it up. But this match was a real good one. Now there's some stuff that didn't make sense. Like Wyatt parroting Eric Bischoff and Cena popping up in an NWO shirt. But I mean how many times do people, especially in John Cena's Twilight, do they compare him to Hulk Hogan and say when's that turn coming? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, honestly, I think the parallel wasn't all that wasn't all that far off because this was Hulk Hogan, creative control era, yep. WCW doing whatever he wants. I don't think the parallel was all that bizarre. I was like, oh, this is uh, okay. This is actually kind of uh, kind of clever. And, and that's the thing. I think that Cena is smart enough to work all this stuff in his real interviews, in his TV interviews, because you always hear him talk about how he wants to help the future, but he knows more than anybody that like. It's up to Vince. It's up to Vince. So when he says stuff like people keep blowing every opportunity and WWE doesn't have a a front man, well, that's their fault. And he knows that. He knows that he was given the ball like that. We see the Vince McMahon puppet even pop up and say it's such good shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazingly self-aware. Oh, it's so self-aware. And there, there was a point where the old Bray Wyatt was in the house the, the oh, more man. I recap this, the more I like it. So and good. a thing that I had completely missed was when Cena, in his 2002 gear, went to slap Bray Wyatt. Bray dodged it and sang Nikki Bella's theme you song. Yeah, yep. Touch. <gasps> oh, oh so good. John so Cena good. signed off on that. Good, yes, good, good job, John good Cena. John, yes, man. She just oh. announced her pregnancy. Yeah, like he says, but he, but right before he says that, like he says, this is the site of your greatest failure. And I thought he meant losing his big match to Kurt Angle, but that's not his greatest failure. His greatest failure is proposing to Nikki Bella in the ring at WrestleMania and not following through with it and getting like, like that's his biggest failure of his life. And for John to recognize that, yes, that is, and say, yes, Bray, you can tell me that at WrestleMania. That's, that's an, that, honestly, like, seriously, props to John Cena for could, being that self-aware and that okay with himself to do that. Could you all imagine if the last seven months of Bray Wyatt booking was just completely different? Mm-hmm. And the whole like, thing, uh, if he never challenged for a title and therefore never had to lose any title matches, and it was just him... Pardon my language, guys. Fucking with people. Man. 
Imagine if we had Bray Wyatt here tonight doing that type of shit to Bill Goldberg. Because there's a couple of things that you can screw around with Goldberg as well. Here's the thing. Goldberg would never sign off on it. He would never. He's way too self-serious. That's the thing I love about Cena is Cena recognizes that part of him that it that was this this larger than life mythos that was built around him and he knows it's all bullshit. What's what's the last WrestleMania moment John Cena had that will be as memorable as this? It's been a while. It's been a while. Cuz people aren't going to positively remember him put er, beating Rusev or Wyatt or but, getting crushed but, by they, Undertaker they, they in 2 minutes. Him like yeah, he shows up because he doesn't He's going to buy a ticket and sit at ringside. Because there, he doesn't I think have a one match. of the stats was over four years, he was advertised for like one match for a while. Like it was, it was really weird. So Cena attacks Wyatt. Now this is after they do a callback to Cena, not hitting Wyatt with a oh, chair. Man, when he actually swung the chair and, and bright white disappeared. That was so beautiful. Was perfect. Oh, so man. Good. So good. And then he attacks he attacks Bray and beats him up until he realizes he's not beating up Bray. Somebody, he's beating up Huskus. Somebody sends a super chat and says they called him Johnny Large Meat. Did he? Yes. And then he, the, the person name. says, "You know what to do. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it." <laughs> but the puppet that you know is getting beaten up, and the fiend appears. He uses Cena's own words against him about yeah. being the most overhyped star, and fiend wins with Wyatt counting the three. When I recap it, I like it even more. Because the thing about pro wrestling, and I'll kick to Warren with this one, when something different happens, we have been conditioned to watch the same old shit so long that we're immediately like, is this wrong? Is this wrong? <laughs> and we've heard all these interviews of all these old heads say, well, I gotta do it. Why would they do it? Why not do it like this? And again, I'll say it again, feel bad for Matt Hardy right now feel real bad for Matt Hardy right now. But how how do you feel about this? Um the the completely astounding thing here is that WWE decided to go this way. And look, ratings aren't going up. You know, attendance is not going up. We're clinging to a formula of wrestling that has been tried and true sure, but isn't uh, isn't getting the uh, the new viewers in all that much? So why not experiment? Why not try some stuff out? And why should it not be WWE, mega company that has the airtime to drop stuff once in a while and just just throw things at the wall and see if they stick? I mean, they do it enough with gimmicks, just like one offs. Why not go a little deeper into this? Why not try a little more? I I believe, especially seeing the reactions tonight, that a younger audience, a newer audience, would be interested in this kind of content. Not saying every week. Not saying sure. three hours of Monday Monday Night Raw cinematic style, because then we'd probably get bored of that. But still, variety is good. Representation is good. Trying different things out is is good and that's how the business advances we got a super chat from malik black asking if anderson died on the roof when taker blew it up i don't think so i don't (laughs) think so uh david gold says or gold says best line of trash talk from either night 
Oh, I think the Usos, or, or Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy yeah. Uso, he was real good. To the point to where me and Alex were like, let's mic him up ringside. Yep. I, I just really love that. Uh, big thank you to Sonny Feliciano for the generous super chat. He says, Fightful, I love you guys. Never stop. I've been here since day one, and you guys always deliver. Thank you for another night. Hey, thank you. I want to specifically thank all of you who tweeted at Team YouTube on Twitter. YouTube's messed with us for quite a while, and at the help of WWE and DAZN and all that stuff, but I, I want to thank all of you guys who let it be known that you guys want to be able to find our podcasts because they took us out of subscriptions, they banned our channel before, banned our live streaming twice. Like It's been a mess over the last six months, but I want to thank you guys that stuck with us. Main event, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar. The in-ring main events for WrestleMania like collectively were a couple minutes. And hey, you know what? I'm okay with that sometimes. But, but an average of like three minutes, 15 seconds... You don't want to average three minutes, 15 seconds for your big finish, if you know what I'm saying. But that's what these two main events did. I thought Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar was way too much like Braun Strowman versus Bill Goldberg. It was an identical match. It was an identical match, and I would be thrilled if we didn't see this type of match for quite a while. And let me tell you, I, I... I don't just want to see pound, 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 done, go home. You got to finesse it. You got you to gotta add a little bit. You can't go so short all the time. But that's what these guys did. Claymore right out of the gate. Drew McIntyre missed the second. Gets suplexed. A few more suplexes as is tradition. But we get an F5, and Drew kicks out at one. That was definitely designed for a crowd pop, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, Malcolm Bivens wasn't back there listening to Next on his CD player going, Yeah! That wasn't <laughs> happening. F5 and a two count, a third and a two count. So Paul Heyman wisely just says, Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that was it. Great. Go with what brought you to the dance, but you know, what brought you to the dance doesn't always work, and sometimes you gotta switch it up, and that's when Blue Chew is here to help you. Oh my god. If it's same old shit for you, go above and beyond. Make a WrestleMania moment, whether it's in the ring or in the bedroom, but Blue Chew's gonna help you with the ladder. Let's be honest, you don't need to be going to the doctor's office or the pharmacy in this environment. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door. Blue Chew affiliated physicians prescribe it. That way you don't have to go wait in line at the pharmacy. And it's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So if you're using that, you should probably just switch and, uh, I don't know, not get sick. Because you don't want to miss out your special moment. You'll be in the bedroom and you'll, you'll be doing this. You'll be pointing, and that's like you pointing at the lights. You're like, turn them on. I want you to see this. I want you to see what's about to go down. Whew, boy. it. Hey, if you want to get cinematic with it, you're setting up your tripod and your camera there. You're running back the history of your relationship, assuming it's a long-term relationship. I don't know. It can be a one-night stand. I'm not here to judge how you use your blue chew. 
You can do some callbacks and some comebacks if you know what I'm saying. BlueChew.com. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. It's ready when you are. And if you're not ready, boy, will it get you there. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Damn! Drew McIntyre counters the fourth, hits three Claymores, and wins. I'm done with this kind of match, Warren. Uh, this is uh, this is when you play uh, this is when you play WWF Royal Rumble on the uh, Sega Genesis, and you uh, spam the big moves. This was essentially it, and you're lucky enough to get them in. This was essentially it, and like you and Alex pointed out, this was exactly the same match as last night. Uh, just finishers, 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 finishers. It's, it, it, I mean, it was cool the first this, six it, times it, I saw it. Yeah, exactly. And um, maybe it would have been made better with an audience losing their mind when uh, when uh, uh, Drew kicked out of the uh, F5 at one. But other than that, happy for Drew McIntyre. Glad they're moving in, the, in this direction. Uh, this feels like a like a, a a new chapter moving forward. Don't get me wrong, but. Not much, uh, not much to talk about here. Throwback twenty seven says Drew and Braun in two nights changed the landscape of WWE with two hardworking guys. Drew deserves this. Now, who do you think they face at SummerSlam? From our our boy Throwback, we appreciate you, buddy. Alex, who do you got these two? I mean, there's there's a long way to go before that, but you know the WWE formula. Right after WrestleMania, you face somebody who doesn't stand a chance and probably shouldn't be in the title picture. Baron Corbin. Lacey Evans, ah, I mean, British Bulldog after the 96 Michaels win, Kane after the the 04 Benoit win, Kane after the Daniel Bryan win. They love to go to that well. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, as far as SummerSlam goes, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to resist screwing up the amazing thing they found tonight with The Fiend. I think you got The Fiend versus Braun. I think that's a thing that's definitely going to happen if Braun still got the title. Because they have history, I like that they have history and they can dwell on it. But if it's just going to be, you know, Bray popping up from power slams and then winning the match in a red light, then I don't want to see that. But I, I feel like they, they might do that. And over on the other side, I, I, I do think they're going to be grooming the, the um, even though he lost the Mania match, I think they'll be grooming Seth the Monday Night Messiah, to go after, you know, babyface Drew McIntyre. I think that's definitely in the cards here at some point during 2020. I, I, I'd say Bobby Lashley. They got to do the uh, that push, lost, that, but... that, that huge push for, with the marriage angle has to pay off, man. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, man. So this was WrestleMania 36. I liked tonight one a lot more than night two, but all things considered... I like two nights a whole lot better than one night. I felt like I was getting away with something by being done with work by midnight last night. <laughs> I was like looking around like, what's what am I missing? Even UFC pay-per-view night, it's like 4 a.m. WrestleMania, sometimes it's 5. So this was, this was pretty wild. I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, leave a thumbs up and subscribe. I'm going to have a special podcast this week. We're going to review a lot of the WWE Network content. But uh, Fightful Select is is the most direct way to support us. But FightfulWrestling.com. 
is how you can check out all of our wrestling stuff. We have a Facebook. We have Instagram. Uh, we have a freaking Pinterest, for the love of God. We got everything. So there's no way uh, that you won't be able to keep track of what we do. <sighs> Alex, let the people know what you do. Uh, I, I do uh, reviews of uh, Raw and SmackDown every week. Um, I might do a might do a special um, that uh, encapsulates both the premiere of the Big Show show, uh, where I'll probably talk about how terrible it was, and I might go like in depth on on this Firefly Funhouse match and how amazing it was and all the history behind it and what it took to like all the symbolism and how it's basically just like a Greek tragedy. So well, we'll see. I also like stuff. I don't just hate stuff. Uh, guys, uh, if you want to help out Fightful as well, I do a lot of video interviews and just interviews in general. Show those some love. Companies will step up and uh, offer us more. I interviewed Kofi Kingston on Friday. He talked about getting into a fight with Vince, uh, him having a variety of WrestleMania roles, and uh, whether or not he and CM Punk kept in touch. I've got a bunch of indie interviews dropping this month. I had a bunch of Impact interviews drop ne- or last month. And next month is ECW month on Fightful, where we have a different ECW interview every week, leading to a special edition of Making a Finisher with Rob Van Dam talking about the Van Terminator. But Mr. Warren Hayes, he joins us on Wednesdays and Fridays. Let the people know where they can find you. Over on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Go on over there. Give it a bit of a subscription. I do a weekly wrestling recap show every Thursday night, recorded live, 9 p.m. I'm also on podcast platforms just about everywhere. Uh, So we're going to have a lot to talk about this week for damn sure. So go check me out and follow me on Twitter as well at Mr. Warren Hayes. For LJN fans or really any wrestling toy fans, Jimmy Van, the founder of Fightful.com, has an awesome hour-long interview with Doug Stanhope of LJN coming uh, tomorrow publicly. It's already up on Select. It is very, very good. Jimmy Van has the most wide collection of LJN figures in the world. I'm going to post that video separately as well, showing that off, but that's worth a watch. You can check out our news show every Wednesday. Uh, The times vary because of the situation we're in. Also, check out Joe Hulbert and Jeremy Lambert's Distraction Podcast. I want to thank Joe for all the hard work he did on the features recently. I want to thank Jeremy Lambert, Carlos Toro, Robert DeFelice for their great news coverage they've done. Uh, The hard work that they do allows the hard work that I do uh, in getting exclusives and stuff like that. I want to thank David Tease for his coverage, and I want to thank all of you for being here. It is very important. We could not do this without you guys here, and you all are important to me. If there's some type of coverage that you guys want to see, let me know. If there's not enough demand, we will do it. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.